We have probably three to five days of N95 masks left. It's not going to duplicate an N95 mask, but it's better than nothing. Production of the N95 respirator mask is ramping up dramatically throughout this country and the world. You've probably heard of the N95 mask by now. It's a type of face covering that filters out at least 95% of particles, including those containing coronavirus. They are single-use, meaning they're designed to be worn once and then thrown away. But at the start of this pandemic, a shortage of N95s led many frontline healthcare workers to have to use their masks over and over. I am down to my last N95 mask and I'm reusing it. It's unacceptable that we're sending um, medical professionals like lambs to the slaughterhouse. Around the time the shortage was making headlines, a man named Peter Chai got a phone call that would essentially bring him out of retirement. It was from a doctor who was having to reuse the same N95 mask day after day and wanted to know if there was a way to sterilize it. Why did he call Peter Chai? Well, because Chai invented the filtration material used in the N95 mask. In the very beginning, I felt I need to help because this, is, this can be a serious problem. So I tried my best to help. After that first phone call, many more started coming in, not just about sterilization, but also about alternatives to the N95 and increasing mask production. So today, Chai is joining me to talk about answering those calls for help. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. And this is Coronavirus, Fact versus Fiction. Sixty-eight-year-old Peter Chai patented the fabric used for the N95 mask back in 1995. He says he never expected it to play such a huge role in a global pandemic. But before we get to that, I wanted to talk a little bit about the science. Chai's career has been devoted to the science of materials. The materials he specializes in are made of microfibers, super-thin plastic strands. N95 masks consist of these microfibers. Chai explained to me how they're made. So we melt plastic first. Then we use the air to uh, attenuate the fibers. I want to make sure I understand this. So you, you, you take plastic, yeah. you melt it, yes. you push it through these small holes. Yes. And then, after it's pushed through the small holes, you have these fibers, and then you use hot air to basically shrink it from 600 microns to as small as 2 microns in size. Is that right? To pull. Use the air. Oh, to pull it. To pull gotcha. the fibers. Okay. okay. The sheer number of fibers in the N95 mask is one reason they're so good at filtering out particles. But the other thing that makes them so effective is the field of electrostatic charge surrounding the fabric. Ironically... It's called corona charging, no relation to coronavirus. So the fibers has uh, positive charges and negative charges. Positive charges on one side and negative charges on the other side. This is why uh, this material can also attract neutral particles like bacteria and virus. So you're essentially polarizing uh, the, the, the virus yes. and, and, then, and then using uh, that polarity, the, the either negative or positive charge, to then allow it to be more attractive to these wires that are embedded in the, in, in the mask. Yeah, yeah. The electrostatic charge then sort of traps these germs that come into contact with the fabric and prevents them from getting through the mask. 
Because the mask is then potentially covered in harmful particles, it's only meant to be used once. Even though it's single-use, the N95 is also supposed to be fitted to the wearer's face. It's not like a surgical mask you can just hook over your ears. In fact, listen to a clip from an N95 instructional video by 3M. That's the world's largest manufacturer of these respirator masks. Place both hands completely over the respirator and exhale. The respirator should bulge slightly. If air leaks around the nose, readjust the nose piece. If air leaks at the edges of the respirator, work the straps back along the sides of your head. The N95 mask was originally made to protect industrial workers from tiny particles like dust. Eventually, it was approved for healthcare workers to use while treating airborne diseases like tuberculosis and SARS. But neither of those diseases became a global pandemic. In March, Chai had been retired almost two years when he was asked to help define new ways to sterilize N95s and to scale up their production. He told me he never thought twice about going back to work. I thought I need to, I need to help the, uh, the healthy workers. You know, they, they put their lives in risk. What I know can help them. So Chai began running tests on the N95. He left them out in the sun. He put them in the oven. He washed them with soap. He steamed them. Only one method sterilized the masks without also ruining the electrostatic charge or making the mask lose its shape. Uh, 70 degrees C, dry heat for 30 minutes, kill this new COVID-19. So heat treatment can be a way to reuse the, the respirator. 70 degrees Celsius, dry heat for 30 minutes. In other words, if you need to sterilize your N95 mask, you can stick it in the oven at about 160 degrees Fahrenheit for half an hour. Ideally, the mask should hang in the oven and not touch the oven racks. That makes things a little difficult, which is why, even though this method works, it isn't Chai's preferred method of sterilization. Instead, he recommends people buy seven N95s and then rotate them, using one each day. The first day of the week, I use number one. Second day, I use number two. After using one mask, he hangs it in an isolated spot and doesn't use it again for seven days. So any germs essentially become inactive, a different mask for each day of the week. But his most important recommendation is that all people wear masks of some sort. In fact, he says it's selfish at this point not to. So people said, I don't care. I do not need to wear a mask. That is very selfish. Because you expose your germs to other people. So any mask is good. Chai's story is one of an ordinary man, a scientist, a father, and an immigrant. Chai came to the United States from Taiwan in 1981 on a student visa. He stayed, and he went on to develop life-saving technology. After a long, successful career, the world called on him, and he answered. Now he's back to work sometimes 20 hours a day, mostly as a volunteer. I'll tell you what, his dedication is inspiring to me. It's also emblematic of the way any of us can help out during this pandemic. I think I have this opportunity to help the community. That is uh, something I can remember for the rest of my life. (laughs) Yes. Well, uh, and we will remember you. Thank you. Thank you for interviewing me. As always, if you have questions, please record them as a voice memo 
and email them to asksanjay at cnn.com. We might even include them on the next podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Thanks for listening.